for the recording hamsters to get up to speed. Welcome, welcome, welcome to another Dating Kinky Presents and tonight a Dating Kinky premiere of Keeping Secrets with Veer Koto. Um, Veer was actually here with us, for those of you who aren't aware, he did Protecting Your Kink Identity Online. It was a three-part mini-series, and um, that was so informative and so useful that I got down on my virtual knees and begged him to come back and do a regular show, and um, thankfully, he agreed. Uh, so welcome to all of you who have the opportunity to attend this first of hopefully many informational shows, uh, focusing tonight on attending online events like this one with privacy in mind. So handing it over to you, Veer. Ah, thank you. So uh, welcome to Keeping Secrets. And I am your, your host and presenter, Veer Koto. Uh, since this is the first of the series, uh, Keeping Secrets is a web series produced by Dating Kinky about the intersection of kink and privacy. Um, in the series, we're going to be talking about hidden dangers, hidden allies, and practical step, uh, steps you can take to protect your, yourself and your community. Um, we're going to give you the information and tools to make informed decisions that are right for you. Um, these uh, presentations are, how do I change this thing? Here we go. Uh, these uh, presentations, these webinars are recorded live and then we'll be releasing them. Um, DK will be releasing them as part of a podcast. So if you're comfortable uh, coming to the webinar and interacting, you should. Uh, we record on the first uh, Thursday of the month and you can ask questions live. Otherwise, you can of course just listen in and send in questions. We'll have a form just for that. So with that in mind, uh, sorry, it's a little tricky here. Oops, what do we mean by online events? Uh, so this is our premier event, as I said, and we're gonna be uh, covering the issue of online meetings. Online meetings are, were gaining popularity before COVID, but because of the pandemic, um, they've been propelled really into the spotlight. We'll be discussing what you should know as an attendee, uh, what you should know as an organizer, and again, practical steps that you can do to protect yourself and to protect others in the community. Um, but before we go into that, let's define what we mean by online events. And I think most of us have at this point uh, heard of or been on a Zoom call. And if we haven't been on Zoom, we've probably been on Skype or FaceTime or Google Hangouts. Um, nowadays, fast internet is the norm, um, video conferencing, is, pretty well, uh, is a pretty well-established way to connect to friends, work colleagues, and loved ones. So it shouldn't be any surprise that there are kink events happening now uh, via video conference. So aside from the obvious issue right now, which we're recording this in 2020 of COVID, uh, why would someone choose to hold their event online? Well, firstly, uh, online events eliminate the issue of geographic restri restrictions, um, which means you don't have to go and travel. Um, so it opens you up to a much larger audience since you don't, again, have to, have to you know, get into a plane or drive a whole long way to get there. Um, it's lower cost, both as an organizer and an attendee. Um, if you're an organizer, you don't have to worry about 
renting a big space. And if you're an attendee, you don't have to think about uh, getting, a, again, traveling and getting a hotel and all of the normal stuff that you would have to do uh, just to organize, uh, just to attend a kink event. So, um, and of course, if you're an organizer also, you'd have to think about things like insurance and all of those, those things that uh, normally go with uh, organizing. And those don't, don't exist to online events. So uh, those are some good reasons. Also uh, recording. Um, most kink events are not recorded, but some kink presenters really like the fact that they can be, that they can record their presentations and have it available for others for education. And of course, Right now, for most of us, there's a global health crisis and having an in-person kink event really isn't an option. So what kind of privacy issues are we worried about? Well, basically we're worried about surveillance either by another attendee, uh, maybe an unwanted guest or the event organizer themselves. We're worried that someone might, uh, someone involved in the event might have access to personal information about us, such as our name, our, our address, our credit card. Um, and because of the nature of kink events, we're worried about disruption uh, of our events by unwanted guests. So in the privacy, in, in your, I'm sorry, in the identity series I did, we talked a lot about how information about you can be collected and could be connected to reveal quite a lot of information just by small little information fragments. And so the issue of, hey, someone has my IP address or they have information about my phone or my email, they can put that information together and they can identify us fairly, uh, fairly easily. Um, we're also concerned that maybe not just an attendee, but a the platform itself might be recording the event and might be sending that to who knows, right? Could be authorities, could be sales. You know, we just have no way of knowing. So those are the kind of issues we're concerned about. And we're going to try to talk about how we can at least try or attempt to address all those concerns. So uh, as I said, how serious are these, are these risks? Well, um, recording an online event is trivial and it's undetectable by an event organizer. Um, someone really early on asked me, hey, is there an online platform that I can use for my kink events that is not uh, recordable? And I said, no. And they said, well, what about special software or this or that? And I said, as long as we have cell phones with cameras, every event is recordable, right? All I have to do to record an online event is put the cell phone to the screen and record it. Right. There's no technological way to stop that, so we should just accept that it's easy to do. But even more serious, or just as serious, is that access to information about ourselves might be available to others who attend the event. So for example, if you're in chat, other people will see your username, and maybe they'll connect that to a username that you use on another platform. Um, but it's also possible that you signed up to the event or to the platform using your wallet name, or that somehow an attendee will get access to your IP address, um, which is possible even on some of these platforms. So um, there are pretty serious risks that someone could identify us 
uh, through one of these platforms. In addition, of course, if an event required a payment, so you, know, you had to go to a, another website and pay 10 or $20 to attend. Well, now you've got payment information, um, which is usually credit card information. And that credit card information almost is always done with our wallet names. So now we've associated our wallet names and our credit card information with our attendance to an online kink event. So it's pretty serious as uh, these things go. So what are some platforms uh, that we're talking about and especially bad platforms? When I say bad, I mean platforms that have a bad track record for privacy. Well, unfortunately, they're the three biggest platforms uh, in this space, and that is Zoom Discord and Google Hangouts. And Zoom probably has the worst uh, privacy record right now. Um, and there are dozens of stories online about data collection, account association, monitoring uh, of, of conversation topics, oppression of minorities, um, and censorship. Um, I've written about this pretty extensively. Um, I, you know, I'm not here to to target Zoom, but they are by far the, the worst. Um, we also know that Discord has a policy of data collection. Uh, Discord has uh, absolutely collects the information on chat and they are very open about this. They use it for analytics, um, but they also have been open about uh, using this information to collaborate with law enforcement. So um, while I am fully in favor of catching bad guys um, and bad gals, uh, the fact that they are collecting this information means that uh, minorities such as ourselves are also at risk. And of course, um, Google, uh, which I talked about again in the previous series, um, their entire business model is de-anonymizing users, which means that they work really hard to connect an online identity to other private information they have about you, such as your location, such as your search history, such as your payment information, and um, other, other things that they collect so that they can sell it to, well, advertisers, people who want to advertise on their platform. But we also know that they collaborate um, and usually in good ways, but they collaborate with government. And the concern, of course, there is that if they're collaborating and collecting, that means that there is a chance that our information, which we need to keep private for ourselves, is also going to be at risk. So when people think about um, keeping their privacy on online events, um, by the way, I know people are asking questions. Uh, we will get to questions at the end, um, but I'm going to go through my presentation and then we'll do questions um, at the, in the second half. So uh, when most people think about privacy on these online events, what they're really thinking about are other attendees. Um, and there's, you know, there's some pretty simple practical steps that you can take, um, which is be thoughtful about what you reveal, right? If you come on to a platform, and I'll include this one, um, and you're in chat and you tell someone your wallet name, that's probably, um, I wouldn't say it's a bad idea, but it's certainly you know, going to gonna give people access to your information. Um, so consider what information you reveal. Um, if you're not comfortable being out, um, oh, I put camera instead of camera, 
but uh, don't show your face. Um, disable your camera. Uh, and you know, an intermediate step that you may want to use is a tool such as FaceRig uh, or Adobe Char Character Animator. And what these tools do is that they, uh, they use your camera, but they superimpose uh, on video a cartoon character. So they're kind of a live cartoon character animation. Uh, and it's something that I have looked at and I haven't used, but um, if you're in a situation where you really do want to present some kind of image um, and it needs to animate and look real, um, you can use one of these tools to, uh, to give your presentation some kind of, of, of interactivity and pizzazz. Um, so uh, protecting yourself from uh, the platform. Well, when I mean, and when I say the platform, I mean, you know, Zoom, Google Hangouts, Facebook, um, and I hadn't even considered Facebook, um, and that's a good one, and we'll talk about them a little bit. So my first recommendation, really simple, uh, don't use apps. So all these platforms have an app that you can use. Um, they strongly encourage you, download our app, use our app. Yet almost all of them, as far as I know, all allow you to use a web browser. And if they do, use the web browser. Um, apps collect a lot more information about you than a web browser has access to. So when possible, use the web browser. Um, if you can get away with not logging in, so not creating an account, don't log in. Just you know, use whatever you need to do to get yourself into the meeting. But you, if you don't need to log in, don't. Um, and if you do make an account, don't use your vanilla name <laughs> um, as, your, as your username. Um, don't don't use your vanilla email address for your email, et cetera. So those are just some really simple practical steps. Um, another thing you can do this is a little more advanced, but um, use a separate web browser for your kink activity. Uh, or Firefox has these web browser containers, and you can say, well, this is my kink container, and it'll only contain your kink log, you know, things. Um, and those are that's a way of kind of separating out your activity. But I, I think using an, another web browser entirely is probably the easiest thing. Um, because if you use web browser containers, uh, you might forget, you might hit the wrong button or whatever. But if you use a separate web browser, it's a lot harder to make that mistake. So uh, that's my recommendation there. Um, use privacy respecting, respecting browsers. Um, Firefox has a much better uh, reputation pardon me, than, um, than Chrome or Edge. Um, and if you're going to use Chrome, um, I would suggest using uh, this very specific version called ungoogled Chromium. But you need to get the ungoogled Chromium uh, for that. And uh, use a VPN. But, um, and we'll talk about VPNs probably in a, in a future webinar. But VPNs don't just protect you magically. so. Um, they need to be used in conjunction with all of these other steps. A VPN by themselves won't help, won't protect you, but if you use them in conjunction with this, then they will. Then they could provide an additional um, la layer of, of protection. So, what's uh, next? If you have to pay for the event, right? So, if you have to pay for the event, um, and that's no, that's understandable, right? If if uh, an event costs something, you, you know, they're going to ask the attendees to pay something. 
um, consider what information you're giving to the host, um, the venue, and the payment processor. So um, a, a vendor, and I'm, I'm going to say that the host, uh, you know, the, the event organizer is the, is the venue, or well, I should say they're the host, right? So they really don't need all that much information about an online event. They don't, for example, need your address. Um, for an online event, unless they're going to send you a t-shirt or some kind of swag, right? They don't need that information. So consider what information they're asking for and um, just think about that and, and think about what information you're giving the payment processor, right? You know, are, are you giving them your, your vanilla credit card and are you comfortable with that? And I'm not going to say that you shouldn't be comfortable with that. Um, I certainly do make purchases with my vanilla credit card. But it's something to be aware of. And when you think about your personal risk profile, that's something you should consider. And, and the venue as well. What I mean by the venue in this case is the platform that, you're, that the event's being held on. So um, think about that and use those same browser protections we talked about in the, just a minute ago and use them when signing up for the event as well. So use them on the payment processing website. And maybe you'll want a second uh, login, you know, if you use the same payment process, uh, the same event, you know, uh, thing like uh, I think brown bag, I believe it's called. Um, maybe you want to make a second brown bag account just for your kink events. Um, and consider alternate forms of payment. So not using the same credit card. Maybe, you know, an extreme version of this would be that you go get a prepaid credit card that you use just for this event. Now, that'd be expensive and a pain in the butt but it would certainly give you some level of distancing. Or maybe you know, they'll use um, some kind of online currency and you can consider that as well. Okay. Um, so this is one that I've been struggling with um, as this pandemic has gone on and we've seen a lot of events use unsafe um, uh, platforms is making your voice heard. So what do you do when the event that you really want to attend is using one of these um, platforms that, that we know are collecting information about us? Um, I say, if you can, and if you feel comfortable doing so, uh, express those concerns to the event organizer and say, hey, I'm concerned about Zoom because I've heard this, this, and the other thing. Um, I would like you, event organizer, to consider alternatives. And we're, we'll be talking about some other safer suggestions later on. So suggest those safer, so safer options and say, hey, instead of Zoom, can we use this? Um, or can you come up with something? Um, and explain your concerns to other attendees. You know, They may not be aware of the issue or maybe they are aware and they're just afraid to be that person, right? The one who always, you know, uh, causes, you know, who always brings up things. They don't want to stand out. But if you are the first person to stand up and say, hey, I'm concerned, others might say, yeah, I, I am too. And if you make that choice not to attend an event because it's on, let's say Zoom, and I'm just putting Zoom as a stand-in, Tell the organizer, hey, I really wanted to attend, but I'm uncomfortable. Um, offer to help uh, if, you, if you can. So 
if you're more technical and or you know you become more technical through this, um, offer to help move them to a safer platform, and ultimately um, vote with your wallet. And I don't, I mean that in every sense of the word, right? Your time, your volunteer time is your wallet. Your attendance is your wallet, and of course, uh, online events that take in money; those are those are direct ways of voting with your wallet. Um, so, moving on. Um, so, if you're an organizer, so we've talked uh, about being an attendee. Um, now, I want to talk about you as an organizer. So, if you're an, an event organizer. Um, you have a responsibility to keep your attendees safe. And I think the kink community intrinsically understands this offline. Um, many events have uh, policies. We have you know, dungeon monitors. We have vetting to come to an event, et cetera. Um, and I think that those same precautions and same um, level of safety that we expect offline should be applied online. So what does that mean? It means cr creating good policies, policies that's, that protect your, your attendees. And just like in person, you'd find a location for your event that matches your values, right? Do the same thing online. So find a, a platform that matches your values. Model good behavior. So, um, you know, in this case, suggesting that people turn on their cameras and be recorded, you know, maybe not the model that you should be uh, displaying for attendees and enforcing good behavior. If, if you know someone is doing something like recording, um, you know, kick them out and make your, um, make the attendees aware and also just make the attendees aware. Uh, well, actually we'll talk about, sorry, we'll talk about some good policies. Um, so good policies would be disallowing recording or disruption as policy, right? So people are, I'm sure aware of something called zoom bombing, but that's a, we can think about generically as coming into an event you weren't supposed to be in and being disruptive, right? If somebody is disruptive, getting rid of them quickly. Uh, and of course saying we don't allow recordings, um, educating your attendees on the risks of online platforms. Which means, hey, you know, if, if you're if you're here uh, live or if you're listening to this, you're ready ahead of that, right? You're you're educating yourself. Now you just need to educate your attendees, your community. Um, use platforms that aren't unmasked, collecting user information, right? Don't use Zoom. <laughs> don't use Discord um, if you can, um, and don't use platforms that capture other information, such as your physical location, phone number, social media logins. And there I'm pretty directly talking about, especially um, Zoom, Facebook, and uh, Google um, explicitly. So, um, and understand your limitations as an organizer. Um, you can't enforce non-recording policies. It is possible for someone to record an event that, and, and you will not be able to stop them. If you use third-party platforms, you're gonna have limited knowledge of what they do or how they work. And we'll talk a little bit about some options you have there, but realize that if you're using a third party, you really don't know what they do. 
um, inform your attendees of the risks of, of online events generally and about this venue in particular. Look, you might decide, you know what, despite all of the concerns, the venue I've chosen, what, you know, let's imagine it's Zoom, is the one we're going to use. And if you, you know, if you come to this event, that's, you know, that's a risk you take. Well, inform your attendees, say this is the risk that you, that you are taking by coming to this event. And if your attendees express discomfort or other kind of feedback, be open to hearing it. Say, yeah, okay, you know, maybe, maybe I need to think about these policies and consider my choices. So how do we select an online venue? Look at reputation. Um, so, you know, I didn't even mention Facebook because of, of its really bad reputation for privacy. Um, but, you know, Google, privacy and, you know, the venue, you know, do a DuckDuckGo search for it. Look, look up online what, what kind of uh, stories there are. Um, look at their, their privacy policies. Go ahead and read them. Um, they're pretty scary. Look at their business model. Um, you know, if they're free, and, and I think about Discord, especially when I think about this one, um, ask how, how is this business, this multi-dollar bus multi business, multi-billion dollar business making money if everything is free? Like, how, how does that work? Um, now look, in, and, and think about the fact that you may have to rent your venue online. And I think in person, people understand this. If you're running a kink event, let's say a rope event, you may have to rent a yoga studio or you may rent someplace at the YMCA. And you know, you're used to paying some money to be able to use a space online. Well, events, sorry, venues that you have more control over uh, online tend to be ones you have to pay for. So you gonna have, I think that part of the culture is gonna have to change from, hey, it's all free to, hey, we're gonna have to spend a little bit of money to get some privacy. And look, the ultimate best thing you can do is use open source and self-hostable options. Um, and we'll talk about what those are, what some of those options are. Um, there is a pretty big jump in cost and knowledge that you're gonna have to have to, to be able to do that. But those are really the, the gold standard for your privacy online. So running your event um, to protect against um, unwanted visitors, don't post the link, the link to your event directly on the web. Turn on mute and video off by default. So people have to opt in to having their camera on and opt in explicitly to have their audio on. And that's a, that's a good policy just for default. Um, and don't require attendees to have video or audio to participate. I, I know that um, my partner was attending an event recently and she was kicked out because she had her audio and video off. And so they assumed she wasn't, um, she wasn't supposed to be there. That's a silly policy. Um, you know, there are other ways to verify that someone is supposed to be at your event. Um, consider a password for your events. And uh, this is a more technical one, but consider a ticket model. So instead of saying, you're gonna log in with this, um, with this special username and password that's associated to you, say, well, this is a ticket and you can transfer that ticket to someone else, but, but we know that that ticket is 
good for the event, right? So when you go to a, a physical event and you get a ticket, it doesn't it doesn't necessarily have your name on it. It just has the ticket number and then the, you know the the, the person uh, at the at the live event, you know the 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 movie theater or the uh, you know the, the the play, you know looks at the ticket. They don't they don't say, oh, I want to see your ID um, when you come into the door. Same thing should apply here. So. Some examples of alternatives to Zoom, Discord, and Hangouts, um, and I'll put uh, Facebook on there as well. Um, Jitsi.org is great for small events. Um, Jitsi is some free and open source software, and they run a public instance, a public version of it to put a promote their business, their business model, which is uh, they offer support for their, their company. Um, Live webinar, webinar is actually the company that runs the, that is behind the Dating Kinky series that we're on now. So a little plug to them. Uh, WebEx also, um, you know, you're going to have to pay for these, these uh, live webinar and WebEx, but you have control. Uh, and it's not that much money, genuinely not. Um, I have put together a currently free beta test of a Jitsi instance that people can try out. It's at jitsi.beta.kinkysocial.org. Um, and I'll say that again for people who are hearing it, Jitsi, J-I-T-S-I dot beta dot kinky social, all one word dot org. And you can run your events there. Um, it's in beta right now, which is why it has beta in the name. Um, it's completely free, doesn't require any logins. I'm not keeping any logs. Um, it's, it's just an experiment right now, but you can run your events on this. And I welcome your feedback if you've run an event on this and you want to say, hey, it worked great, or hey, that really sucked, or I ran, you know, it was great up until the hundredth person, um, that's the kind of feedback I'm looking for. So a little plug to, to myself. Uh, okay, so let's say you want to take that leap into self-hosting. What are your options? Well, uh, I mentioned Jitsi. Um, Jitsi is also what what my instance runs. It's a piece of open source software. Uh, it's great. I, I love it. Uh, I use it both. Uh, I don't use the same instance, but I run it both in my vanilla life and in my kink life. Um, there's another piece of software called Big Blue Button. It was originally written for academics and academic use. Um, I've, I've been on Big Blue Button events. They're great. Um, it's more of this type of model in that there's a presenter and a chat rather than the Jitsi model, which is a little bit more like Zoom, right? Which is everybody kind of collectively talking. Um, an alternative to Discord is the pro is something called Matrix. Matrix is a distributed, decentralized, federated chat, but it also does the audio thing just like Discord does. Um, and it's, it's pretty great. Um, and there's multiple options for Matrix. There's multiple programs you can run. If you're running just an audio, um, there's a program called Mumble, and Mumble is, uh, for, for those of us who are a bit older, might remember Ventrilo. Uh, Mumble is very much like Ventrilo, and you can run that. And um, I've been on to Mumble events as well, um, and it works great. And um, there's one last one uh, called Nextcloud, uh, and there's a component for, of Nextcloud called Nextcloud Talk with high-performance backends, a little bit more technical. Um, it's a little bit more like, um, I think it's called Microsoft Collaboration, right? It's designed to for teams to collaborate. 
but it's a, it's another option, and I, I wanted to mention it here. So those are options if you're all about self-hosting open source software, you're technical and you can do this. These are some options you can you can offer to your kink community to help them be safer. And I think that's a that's a great um, an alternative. So so thank you. Uh, now uh, Ryan and Nuki are going to talk about how awesome Dating Kinky is and how you should sign up and join, and then we'll do questions. Oh, and next time we'll be doing, well, sorry, just one last thing. Next time we'll be doing choosing a second phone number. And right after that, uh, Lady Petra and Seth will be doing an event. Uh, so be sure to join us live next week. Uh, over to you. Hello, 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 everyone. So I can't say how much I really enjoy the thought processes behind all of this. So. If everyone in the chat could please give Veer a huge round of applause uh, for the talk that he's just given um, and in anticipation of him answering the questions that I've been collecting from the chat, that would be super wonderful. Now, normally here, for those of you who are new, I go into my little song and dance routine about um, dating kinky and how fabulous we are. And I'm going to do a little bit of that, but I'm going to do it in a way that uh, I've been inspired by this chat this evening. And so one of the things <laughs> that you may not know is that the original plans for these webinars that uh, you're on right now came a little bit earlier than this last year. Um, it, this is not my response to a pandemic. This is something that I was intending to put together because even without a pandemic, um, it's hard for some people to find accessible kink information. And I thought that technology could do that. Um, it could bring kink into your home if you're not in a city. It could make it available to you if you couldn't um, afford to constantly go out to restaurants for munches. It could um, possibly, you know, make it available if you didn't have uh, easy transportation or if you had to get the kids in bed or whatever it was. That was the whole point of you know, starting to bring these educations together for Dating Kinky. And um, when we were looking at the options that were out there, one of the things I really dug down into was the privacy. Um, now, I'm not great at this the way that Veer is. Like I, I know a couple of questions to ask and you know, I try to do my research, but this, um, show is kind of as much for me as it is for everybody else, because as we grow, I want to keep making the right decisions for my company and for my members. And that would be when I say my members, I mean, everybody that joins us for events that signs into the dating site that um, becomes a plus member, all of you, because um Somebody else mentioned, you know, hey, I hadn't really thought of myself as, you know, being a kinkster, being in a minority or whatever. But, you know, that's the reality these days is I'm very out 
like my parents <laughs> know exactly what I'm doing, right? And I work for myself and, you know, but not everybody can afford to be that way. And it's so critical to me to help you make these decisions. I mean, even my book, Dating Kinky, um, which I wrote back in 2018, has information specifically in it about how to choose your photos for kinky dating sites and what to keep in mind and what you do want to and don't want to put in your profile or what you do and don't want to speak about when you're, you're meeting people um, and talking about kinky dating because this stuff is important to me. Um, and to segue that into what I'm supposed to be talking about, Dating Kinky, the book, is actually included in our PLUS membership. So the PLUS membership, which is what I'm supposed to be acting about right now, is um, a $5 a month membership fee that helps support us in doing these educations like this, um, in maintaining the platforms like this, like I said in the chat, we don't only do 13 different shows a month for free to the kink public, to anybody who can join us live, but we also host a weekly event for TESS, the Oil and Spiegel Society from New York City, um, and we don't charge them. We also host a monthly event for uh, the Win Newbie Munch, which is online and for everybody, even though it used to be a local North Carolina munch. Um, and we've hosted events for other people in the past as well. Um, so that's one of the things that that uh, plus membership goes to. It also helps go to, you know, hosting costs and um, the apps that we're developing, uh, because, again, like for the apps, we have to you know, we're going out of our way to make these apps as um, private as possible for you all. Uh, so. Things like that. So that $5 a month gets you, um, A, that warm, fuzzy feeling of like helping an awesome kinky business, but more, it gets you access to all of the books that we publish at Dating Kinky, including Dating Kinky, the book. Um, it gets you access to all of our replays. Now, this particular show is one of the shows that we're going to be making available to the public, period, end of story. We're not putting this behind a paywall. But we have over 100 replays from this year alone um, that, you know, on, on the topics of non-monogamy, on the topics of submission, switching, communication, boundaries, newbies, POCs, and kink. Um, over 100 replays in both video and audio format for our PLUS members. And then we also have special features on the dating site. And if you sign up now, that $5 a month will never, ever go up. Although the price itself is slated to go up here actually pretty soon. I'm not sure how much. Um, we're still working out the details on that. But if you join now, that $5 a month will never go up for you. Even if you're a member of Dating Kinky for 20 years, it'll always be $5 a month for you. Um, so that's our thank you to people who choose to support us. And there are some uh, amazing plus members in chat. I know Athena is in here um, and they'll tell you how awesome this all is. That said, I want to be very, very clear as much as I would love to, you know, feed my family and, and, you know, 
send them around the world in a, in a jet just for fun. Um, what's more important to me is that we provide value. And if that $5 a month is not on your list for whatever reason, we still welcome you to these events. We still welcome you on the site. And hopefully if you enjoy what we're doing, you'll tell people because another thing that comes with valuing, valuing your privacy is not doing things like using what's called the Facebook pixel to track you around the web so that we can advertise to you wherever you are. Um, we don't advertise on Facebook and so on and so forth um, for various reasons, but partially because uh, we're really careful about privacy and, and how we do the things that we do. So that way, word of mouth is really important to us. So if you can join Plus Membership, please do. If you like what we're doing, whether you're a plus member or a free member, please tell everyone else and um, tell them that we value your privacy and that we're working hard to create a site that's going to allow you to be in more control of your privacy online and of your online experience. And um, let's get to Q&A, huh? Yeah. Okay, awesome. So first question, Veer, Jackstone31, says, wouldn't using VPNs make the connection slower and cause more internet difficulties? Uh, the short answer is yes. Yes, it would. But um, we'll, we'll, look, we'll do a whole thing on VPNs in a future episode. Uh, I will say, though, that you can't look. Look, you can stream with, mo with many commercial VPNs. You know, you can stream high quality video and things. So it's probably going to be good enough. Um, but yeah, it will slow it down a little. Okay. So Boba says, uh, people say Zoom has improved. Could you talk a little bit more about what the current problems are? Um, so I, I don't want to make this all about Zoom in particular, but I will say that um, some of the privacy concerns that were discussed about Zoom have improved. But we've been hearing more lately, for example, in the last month of recording this, that they canceled an event on Zoom about Zoom censorship. So there was a bunch of people who wanted to do a discussion about Zoom censorship on Zoom, and Zoom canceled the event. Uh, they've, they've also canceled other events about topics like, um, like China uh, and um, other what they consider controversial discussion topics. Um, and the idea that they're canceling these events means that they believe that they have a, a place in deciding what events and what speaks, uh, what kind of speech should be on their platform, which means they're collecting that information. And that's, and that's fundamentally a, a deep problem. I, I agree. And, and one of the things I would like to say is that um, in addition to privacy concerns, when working with third party services as what is essentially considered an adult services provider. And by adult services, I mean, they include most relationship, love, dating things as well, um, is that you really, really have to be careful and check their terms of service and ask deep questions because um, if you violate their terms of service with the types of things that you do with their services, um, if I did that, I would be putting my members at risk. So that's something also to keep in mind 
um, when working with these things. I very specifically reached out to live webinar. They know, you know, who I am and what I'm about, and they have no problem with, you know, both assuring my privacy and the privacy of my guests, but also in providing the platform for what I'm doing. So, um, plus I also kind of look at it as a consent issue. You know, I get consent from the SaaS companies that I use just to be sure. So that's, that's a really good point about not lying. Um, yeah. and I hadn't even considered that, but that's a really excellent point. Thank you for bringing that up. So, and, and, but you reminded me because with zoom, if they're paying attention to what's being done there and canceling some of them, that suggests to me that they're not like good folk, <laughs> I guess, you know, they're not like out for the, let's go for the greater good type of thing. So that's kind of a, um, important. Uh, JNL had asked, how do these three, Zoom, Discord, and Google Hangout, compare to Facebook with respect to privacy? Uh, I think Facebook is is probably... The ultimate. Uh, so, yeah, I would say they're they're pretty awful. But I, I look, I'm not on Facebook, uh, but and I wasn't aware that they had a live video chat thing. But I, if they do, I wouldn't use it. Yeah, yeah, they do. They do. And, yeah, and we've talked about Facebook in the previous series. Um, yeah, they're so awful that I just didn't even include them. I didn't even, it didn't even cross my mind. So thanks for bringing that up. Yeah, that, that one, well, and I, and I would say them especially because they, look, their terms of service explicitly say you must use your wallet name. Mm -hmm. They work very hard to connect your identity and um, using Facebook in particular for any kind of kink outs you and it outs your kink friends. It's it's such a dangerous platform for kinksters. I, I just can't imagine a worse place to hold your kink event and, right now. And keep in mind, so those of you who um, you know joke about your your phone listening to you, um, it's not so much that it's listening necessarily, but every search that you do on your Wi-Fi can then show up in your Facebook feed. Um, my, my pet one night as I was sleeping, did some research on Sur La Table and on a very specific type of um, a temperature sensor for kitchen stuff. And the next morning in my Facebook feed, his stuff was showing up. I knew exactly what he'd searched for. Um, and this is the Facebook pixel. And this is how insidious it is. So yeah, the, it, Facebook is the devil when it comes to your privacy. So if you have things that you need to be private with, be very, very careful. I can't not be on Facebook because I'm a business. I can't not be on Instagram because I'm a business. <laughs> But I would suggest being incredibly careful if you are on those things doing stuff. So uh, Boba said, how is brave? Um, let's, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to punt on that and say we'll discuss browsers in a future uh, sure. session. I think that's fair. Athena says, uh, page eight, using apps to put a character on your face, et cetera. My understanding is that you have to have an up-to-date laptop specs to utilize those types of features. 
Um, just like I can't use a background for Zoom, just an FYI, not exactly a question. Any thoughts a, on that, Vera? It's, it's a good point. Um, I brought it up because I brought up the issue of these cartoon options because um, it's something that I had considered myself. Um, like I'm not comfortable putting my face out there, uh, so that's why I use uh, pictures um, that are not of my face. And uh, but I know some people really, you know, want something a little bit more interactive. So it's an option. It does require a fairly modern computer, fairly recent and high-end computer. Yeah, um, and that's also something. That's something I've talked about when it comes to uh, photos on kink sites, you know, wearing a mask in some cases or, you know, turning away from the camera or whatever. There's, you have to find as, as Veer has said a couple of times, what is your risk level, your comfortable risk level? Um, Veer, obviously, you know, he has his, his silhouette and he chooses to only go on by voice. We've had people on wearing masks um, and then we have people come on and, and, and show their full face. So, and we also have people who come on and they'll do face in the pre-show, but as soon as recording goes on, they'll, they'll go off. So everybody's risk assessment and their comfort level is different. And that needs to be um, valued and validated by whomever's hosting. Right. I mean, that's, that's my opinion anyway. Um, Boba asks, is there a collect is there a collection of privacy respecting events? No, uh, not as far as I know. Um, maybe we should make one. I, I, I was thinking about, you know, should we make uh, so we, we have a group on a website. So people that don't know about FetLife, it's a social media for kinksters. It's a fairly popular. It's kind of the, the Facebook of of uh, of the kink world, although not as evil. Not uh, as nefarious. Not as nefarious. Um, it's it's got its it's got its own uh, issues, but not the same ones. And um, uh, I have a group there called Privacy Conscious Kinksters, and I was thinking about you know do we want maybe to make um, kind of a form letter or a petition or something that people can point event organizers to and say hey I'm really uncomfortable with the platform you're using. Um, and but maybe maybe we should do the opposite as well, which is to uh, promote events that really respect our privacy. And that's a great idea. And I, if you're on FetLife, please join that group and make that suggestion as a topic. I'd love to explore that more. Awesome. Just Rob says, uh, can you talk about the potential security benefit or risk of using cryptocurrency like Bitcoin, Ethereum, etc., for payments? Yeah, maybe we'll do that in a future uh, event. It's a yeah, that seems big like topic. a complex topic. Um, Athena says on page ten about using alternate credit card info. Can you use a Visa, Mastercard, etc., gift card to pay for online events with a kink-friendly faux pseudo name? I think I think you so so I think it depends on a number of factors, but you should be able to, as far as I know. Um, just be aware that if you bought your, you know, if you bought your, uh, you know, if, if it has an association with your name somewhere, that might be an issue or somebody who bought it for you. I think the safest thing to do is go buy one in, with cash. But I think it's, but it's probably pretty safe to do what you're suggesting, which is just to 
Uh, as long as you don't have to register that card. Now, some cards do require that you register them before you use them. But if you don't have to, then that sounds like a great option. Mm -hmm. Okay. Boba asks, um, and I'm not sure if you answered this, uh, what's the Jitsi business model? Uh, Jitsi uh, is owned by a telecommunications company, and they make um, large telecommunication options. They're... they're um, Basically, they 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 do office phones and other types of large installations, and so they run Jitsi.org uh, as a as a sort of give back to the community, but also promotion for their for their service. Interestingly enough, I was um, looking at a like an app building platform, and um, they're like, you click on pricing, and they're like we're free to every company that has below 10 million in revenue. And I was like, and they're like, yeah, well, you know, we work with really big companies. So, you know, everyone else, you get a free, this is just how we do things. So um, I thought that was, that was curious. Um, Ryan mentioned something, and I, I think this would be kind of like worth talking about just a bit. Ryan says, when you are using a product that is free, more often than not, you are the product. So I think it'd be interesting to sort of touch on, well, okay, so if you're the product, what is it about you? How does a, how does a free company, for example, Veer, make money? So we, we talked about this um, in the Kink and Identity series. This is a, a long topic, but basically um, there are a few business models, some of which are okay. So, you know, in the example of 8x8, which is the company that, that um, for the most part, develops Jitsi, you know, they sell to big companies and they don't really care about the little guys. They, that, that doesn't affect them. Same with, by the way, Nextcloud. So Nextcloud makes its money by selling support for its product. It can give it away and it doesn't even do any hosting. Um, you, just, you can just download it and self-host. Mm -hmm. um, those are wonderful they are the exception the the majority of companies that offer free things um do it by collecting all kinds of personal information about you and selling that information to advertisers to governments to pretty much anyone that they can so out of curiosity um because i mean i'm, I'm gonna hijack this for a bit but you guys all get also get to listen in so with Dating Kinky, obviously, most of what we do is free. And um, memberships is one of our monetization models. Advertising is going to be another of our monetization models. However, what I'm planning to do, and Vera, this, this is actually a me kind of, you know, tapping you for this. Um, what I'm planning to do is use the information that people put into their profiles to serve up targeted ads, but the advertisers don't get to see, you know, who those people are. We're like, we're not selling that information to them. We're simply giving them the space to access potential eyeballs. To me, this seems like the safest way of protecting privacy. Am I correct in that? I mean, if, if you're, so advertising, so this is a long conversation we should have somewhat mm -hmm. offline. By the way, I also want to remind people that next month, when I'll be doing the cell phone or sorry, the second phone number one, we'll be doing it back to back 
with uh, Lady Petra and Saf's event, so we will not have nearly as much time for questions. Um, so I'm gonna, but I'm gonna answer you that, you know, when I think about the early advertising models on the web, I think about Yahoo, which used to be a, uh, a an interesting website for for finding websites. And when they talked about their business model, you know, in the original version of Yahoo, you had to, it was more like a directory, like the mm -hmm. yellow pages, and you had to click on, a, on a topic. Yeah, and then and you kind of dug deeper and deeper. And they were like, oh, well, we know what topics people are interested in, and we can sell ads yeah. that are, are associated with those topics. I see nothing wrong with um, advertising as a business model if it's two things. So, and the most important is if it doesn't collect, if it doesn't two way, right? So it's not collecting a ton of information. You're not selling the information about your, about your customers back to the advertiser. You're just right. presenting them with the opportunity to see about a product or service. I see, I don't see anything wrong with that. The other, um, the other, um, advertising, uh, hiccup, and I actually just kind of flew it out of my brain. Um, is when ads, um, well, when the, well, as we said, like the ads can themselves surveil you. That's an right. issue, like um, pixels and so on and so forth. Yeah, right. Or or when they're not disclosed, right? Mm -hmm. So if um, and actually, a lot of times people will use tools such as Google Analytics and their website, and that's actually a kind of weird form of embedded advertising. It's it's yeah. kind of the web's version of. Uh, of product placement, but you don't know the product. Is, the product isn't even mentioned anywhere. Um, so, so I, I have no problem if you, you know, you have a section on a website that says advertisement, or at least you know in, is indicated somewhere that this is an ad. Yeah. Um, and, and you let people know, look, this is how we make we this is how we make our money. You know, I, there's nothing there's nothing wrong with a, a business making money as long as it does so in a way that respects its customers and and society in general. Uh, that's always my thought. Um, Just Rob asks, Rematrix, have you heard of Mastodon? Any opinions about that? Uh, it's it's not a video conferencing platform, so it's, we didn't talk about it tonight. Okay. Um, Paradox5832, I have an online event tomorrow night that is on Zoom. Can I just log in with a non-vanilla email? Um, so most Zoom events, you don't need you don't need to log in at all. If you if if you remove the Zoom app, you can log. You can use your web browser for most events. But I don't know. I, I don't know how the particular event that you've logged into that you've signed up for you know has is set up. So that will be something to talk to the event organizer about and express your question to them. Mm -hmm. And then um, the last one that I have for right now, so if you have any more questions, don't hesitate to pop them into the chat, is um, Corgi asked, do you need to enter an address when using a prepaid card? Uh, I, you know, I'm gonna be honest, I, I don't know. Mm -hmm. And I think, I think if I were to say, I think that there are some you do and some you do not. Yeah, I think that's um, because some prepaid cards are actually kind of more like debit cards than they are gift cards. So I, I think you want to check in with which type you are using. I think that really matters. Um, 
because prepaid is not necessarily yeah. totally it's, anonymous. Right. We, you, there are a lot of places you can get like these prepaid gift cards and that they, they work just like MasterCard or Visa. Um, that's that's the kind of card I'm thinking of. Yeah. You buy the denomination. It says it's a $100 card or a $50 card or whatever. Um, that's what I'm thinking about here. Me, um, you're asking about how does membership charges from DK appear on credit cards? Um, we have a couple of different ways, but uh, the, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Corporate name is 10th Cloud Incorporated. So we don't actually use Dating Kinky as our corporate name. So uh, let's see, what have we got? Uh, da -da 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 -da. I had a gift card recently. I had to register to use online, but I got to put pick everything I put into it, a la Mickey Mouse. So mm -hmm. yeah, that's a good thing. That's a good thing. I would be like, hey, Mickey Mouse just bought a membership. I've made it to the big time. <laughs> <laughs> um, Ryan has just posted in the chat a link to submit a question uh, for upcoming topics, for, you know, things you absolutely must know. Um, we will bring up those questions in Q&A sessions in um, future events, um, maybe use them to help us determine what future topics need to be talked about as well. Um, that's important. Ryan, why don't you pop on in and uh, help us figure out all of the things that need to be said. Ryan is always quite useful at telling us what's coming up and what we have to remember and so on and so forth. Uh, I heard the phrase quite useful, so yeah, that, that, that's <laughs> Here I am. Yeah, so, yeah I, uh, I appear out of the bottle. Uh, OK, so I will tell all, everyone about what's coming up next. And I just, yeah, I just put that form. I was going to cover that, but we had a nice segue for it. Uh, so the first thing I want to say is the next episode of Keeping Secrets is going to be on December 3rd. Uh, and as we've been kind of promoing in the chat, uh, it's, I'm excited for next month because it's gonna be our first back-to-back -back episodes we've had, you know, because, you know, we, we've been, it's been kind of, uh, you know, our, we, we've, we've been to the UK with, with a hosted show. We've been to Australia with a hosted show. We haven't been to the, you know, the West coast of, of the, the continental United States with a, you know, weeknight show. So that is going to be the first one. Uh, and the show is called what's in your kinky tool toolbox. It's hosted by Lady Petra and Sapphire Master. Lady Petra is in chat. They both may be and just signed it. One of them to one account. And they also have an awesome podcast that we'll tell you more about at their um, at their appearance. Uh, so that's coming up on December 3rd at 8 p.m. Eastern with uh, Veer and the uh, second phone number. And then followed by uh, Lady Petra and Sapphire Master uh, at 10 p.m. Eastern, 7 on the West Coast. And I don't you know, 9 Central, 8 Mountain. I know I don't want to leave any time zone out. No, no stun and turn. Uh, so people, you know. Uh, okay, so that's yeah, it's coming up on the third, and then let's go over next week. We are back to the four day, uh, the four show schedule. We are Monday, Tuesday. Nookie, you're off on Tuesday. Uh, Wednesday, Friday. Uh, Monday we have uh, our consent and boundaries uh, webinar with Hardy. He has. 
He's going to have a demonstration episode, so we're super excited about that. They're going to, I think, negotiate a scene with his guest, Miss Michelle, and then they're going to do a fire cupping demo. So Fine. something like we've been kind of all looking for opportunities for more demonstrations. Um, and we, I mean, we just had one in our monthly rope event. And Michelle course, is but... really fun. I, I've hung out with Michelle. She's a cool oh, okay. Person. Yeah. Uh, so this will be my first time uh, meeting her. But yeah, glad to hear that she already comes in with some some brave. So that's Monday nights. And then Tuesday will be uh, the Test Tuesday show. Unlike the others, I'll be a 7 p.m. start. And it's collars and collaring is the uh, the topic there. And that's uh, with Attorney by... Lady Steele, isn't it? I believe it is. Yeah, I think I saw that name. He's also there. wonderful yes. and has done a, a talk on uh, non-monogamy in the law not, for us. Mm -hmm. And she's been a, a previous tester there too. Yeah, she can hold court on a number of topics and we'll probably have to look at what else can we can bring her back for next year. Um, Wednesday, we have our monthly uh, foot fetish uh, webinar uh, called Head Over Heels. And the topic will be foot massage and reflexology. You know, so... Uh, uh, we'll have an interesting conversation there between Nookie and our host, uh, Lady Lee. Uh, you know, bring bring your bring your oils, you know, and every, everything, you know, <laughs> uh, and lotions. Um, so uh, I think I think I, I'm I'll call her. Out. I think we have at least one person in the in the chat room who who uh, calls herself a foot goddess. So you know, maybe she'll be back here for that. Uh, we'll we'll out her. Uh, yeah, so that's Wednesday night at 8 p.m. And then Friday, we have uh, Femdom Friday with uh, Natalie slash D20. And her topic will be pet play. Yes, so much fun. D20 is a firecracker. There is no doubt about it. So um, JNL had asked about Australia. Um, we have a monthly show in Australia now, uh, JNL, with uh, Rem Sequence. She's doing The Many Faces of Kink which is a deep dive into the psychology of kink and why it is that we do what we do. So um, it's it's been a great dynamic show so far. She's brilliantly smart, degreed, has worked in, in trauma and therapy. I mean, she's she's right on the ball with that. So we're very excited about that. And let me put up the next episode of Many Faces. Uh, I think that'll be the end of the month, of course. I think it's going to be the 27th. Uh, and one thing I can say is that we sent out a call for guests for, you know, because she usually interviews somebody kind of after her presentation. And let me tell you, that request has borne fruit because we have we've talked about three different people who are going to be doing uh, – things with this like you know, very, very interesting things yeah, yeah, yeah. so and, and varied and uh some super talented people arose from that so i think we'll be sending out more more calls for people in the future and if you happen to be one of them then uh actually let me put that form in uh yes, and make sure to put in the form for yep. the uh feedback because of course i we have them love to get feedback um about the shows and what you think and what you'd like to see more of and you know, how you feel like um, it went. Yeah, so the, the, the three links I just put in, granted, I realize I'm like Mr. Link Overload. So uh, this is where like we do post, uh, even if, yeah, we do post uh, track chance transcripts, so you can get them after the fact. But the first link is a, what we call our kinky Rolodex. That's basically like if you kind of want 
to introduce yourself as like as somebody who has you know either opinions or things to say or perhaps would like to collaborate that that's a great um you know or present or or write or you know anything like that that that's something you to introduce yourself there then we have the volunteer form if you're looking to really kind of come in and help us out with uh you know what we're doing behind the scenes uh you know those two can kind of overlap but yeah one's one's a little bit different than the other and then the third one is the, the form that nikki explained earlier just uh, if you have feedback on any of our webinars or or more generally uh feel free to fill that out blue um, non-femdoms are absolutely welcome um we just center the femdom perspective so as long as you know you're respectful i guess is well i mean i think i think of it this way like every webinar will have like kind of a target audience yeah. within there but everyone who is we don't uh, keep <laughs> right right yeah yeah we don't that's right we don't gatekeep and you know as long as you're you know everyone's behaving like an upstanding member regardless of kind of where what their demographic is all, all the more the merrier although speaking of gatekeeping we do have what might be a for femdoms only type social mm. that won't be recorded that a couple of people are putting together that's another one of our kind of we're not doing it, but we're hosting it for people who want this sort of interaction. Um, and so, I, you know, go ahead. I was gonna say, I like to call this, we're subletting. Yes, <laughs> we're subletting. So um, there's a group that is thinking about, you know, creating a sort of regular um, femdom social for femdoms to get together and talk about what femdoms talk about without even, you know, other submissives in there, it'd be invite only. So these are the types of things that, you know, we're absolutely open to also branching out into as well. And, and this is where, you know, you can use, for instance, that Rolodex form, or you can, you know, email us or get in touch with us. However, it's saying like, I have an idea for something. And, you know, what do you guys think about, you know, hosting it? You know, again, if it's, if it's something kind of outside of this, like recorded format that most of our like regular programming goes in, uh, we're still open to all kinds of ideas. And, and you know, we have, we'll have to like kind of do our, our kind of triage with it, but you know, our, the door is absolutely open for whatever you are bringing to the table. Awesome. So before everyone leaves, one more huge round of applause, please, for Veer and the um, thought and effort that he puts into teaching us what we need to know to keep ourselves safe online, for teaching me more about what I can do to keep you safe online. <laughs> um, and, you know, for putting in this time. I mean, that's everybody here right now. Everybody is a volunteer, um, essentially. So, you know, Thank you, Ryan, always for being on the spot with the links and for giving everybody all of the information they need practically before it comes out of their mouths. And <laughs> anticipatory service, right? Yes, yeah, and uh, for uh, doing the promotion stuff. And uh, shout out to uh, Lily Lovish in chat who signed up for Plus during the show. Yay, yeah. Lily Lovish, woohoo! Um, Izana, it, since you're late, it's no worries within the next, uh, well, actually probably by tomorrow it will be up. This one's going to be public, so um, it'll probably well, be available by tomorrow or Saturday. 
are we putting this on the the kink identity or its own page? Okay, offline conversation. We'll figure that out, but yeah, it, yeah. we'll we'll make sure that everybody knows. You know, like we'll post around when um, when this is up. This will be up as a, a video, as audio. The chat transcript will be out there, so everybody will have the option to you know catch up on everything you might have missed. Because again, privacy is really important. It's not something we're gonna put behind a paywall. So and yay. yeah, if anyone has any uh questions like that of like i'm looking for the episode i haven't found it let me put up the customer service form too and my email uh where and while he's doing that just want to thank Thank dating kinky again for having me on i hope everyone joins us for next month about having a second phone number it's a topic that's really important because we all use our phones and uh, it's a topic that's actually requiring me to do Uh, quite a bit of research on different countries' policies and different cell phone manufacturers and things. So there'll be a lot of great information and and we'll have to do it really quickly because it'll be exciting that we'll have a back-to-back show. So people will be sticking around for, um, I forget the name of the series, but but, um, Lady Petra and Saf's uh, awesome show uh, following mine. So thanks again, Dating Kinky, uh, for for hosting me. Yay. Thanks, Jer. And Ryan got up the... Contact page. That's the greater page that yeah has like all the kind of links of like a customer service report, a bug report. I want to delete my account, you know, et cetera. Fabulous. Thank you all. I'm gonna go ahead and stop the recording. Do do do. Yay.